welcome to anyone. This is Tay Tay, and I appreciate y'all. Welcome, welcome. Um, I, I recently reconnected with uh, a really, really old friend uh, named Jonas, family friend, somebody who knew me and my family before I even had memories. Um, so it's, you know, uh, as we were connecting, he mentioned something about my biological father that like, you know, I'm like, oh, he actually knows things that I don't like. This is, of course. And, uh, you know, I'm happy that he was able to kind of or be excited to want to sit down and have a conversation on a hot mic. But, and uh, quickly, I just wanted to uh, apologize for the sound quality here. The The only place that uh, we could meet up was at a hookah bar. So you'll hear a lot of bubbling and nonsense in the background. But uh you guys are used to bad sound quality at this point, so ain't that new. With that, here's my chat with Jonas. Uh, all right, yeah, we're sitting here with Jonas, uh, somebody who uh, came to this country just like my family did back in the early 90s. We all grew up in the same neighborhood. Uh, and recently reconnected. Appreciate you for sitting down. No problem, man. Appreciate you for inviting me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, I don't really, I feel like a lot of us, like even me, Johannes and them, for a little bit there kind of went separate ways and stuff like that from middle school and everything. But only thing I think I know is that you went, was it in the military or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to the military. What year and like what did you, what, what like I specific? Left. I left, I left. I was supposed to be going to 03, but since some stuff happened, so I didn't leave till 2005. Okay. I, got, I moved back here in 2011. 2011. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, you was in there for you was in there for a little bit. Yeah. Was it was it like overseas or anything like yeah, that? Yeah. Or? I did three tours. Okay. Uh, I did three tours. You know. Uh huh. Where like where specifically did you? Uh, I went to Afghanistan, Iraq twice, Afghanistan once. Uh, I went to Australia. Worked uh, Australian Marines. Uh, the Australian Marines. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Then we did uh, training with them in California too. And then I did a... Uh, with the Mar So that's like, I don't know why, but I got like a thing in my head that like the Marines is like some serious... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Marines like, is like, we first to go in and last to go out. Interesting. Like we have to, we go in first, no matter what. Like right now, if something was about to happen and... Uh, like right now, if they wanted us to go back in Afghanistan, they sent us first. And then they, we'll have the Air Force and uh, Navy just for air, airstrike. So, I, okay, I got a couple of different questions that just start popping up in my head. So, like, the first thing I'm thinking is, uh, uh, do you watch, like, the news in a different way than, like, a lot of us do? Like, when you see some of this Ukrainian stuff, do you think, like, you know, my life could be different here in, like, two, three months? Or is it just like everybody else where it's just kind of like you're just watching and it's just the news? What do you mean? Like, cause it, do you, would you get deployed if anything serious nah, nah, happened? I'm, I'm, I, like, if I was still, like, well, see, when you, once you do your term, uh, okay, you got four years, right? When you do four years, you got uh, uh, your contract, you got another four years. But either you could do reservists or inactive reserve. Inactive is just me. They'll check on you every year to see you're good and to see if you want to go back in. And uh, just in case something happens, guess what? You know how they had, uh, back in the days they had, uh, when they had to uh, force people to join the military. So inactive means if something happens, you're the first to get called on. Because you, you, you was prior active, 
So it's not like, yeah, they, to get rid of the drafting and all that kind of yeah. stuff, it's just random people, they just got you guys. Yeah. So it's only for a contract, so it's not like for the rest of the No, no, it ain't, because like, what you do is like, it's like college, you do four years, and then and then you can go back and do another four or two years, right, if you're trying to get a, a different degree or something. That's how the military is. And just like with uh, NFL, NFL you get what? A one year, two year, three, four year contract, right? Once your contract is over, you're a free agent. Now you can negotiate your contract if they want to take you or you go to another school. That's how it is. Like in the military, it's like a four year, like a, they got a four year contract, five year contract, and a six year contract. And how it works like that is four years of a regular contract, five years because they gave you extra money up front to join. So they, that five year, or you said you wanted to go to, uh, to the, be an officer. So they pay for your school before you enter. And then the contract says six years is what you got to do just to pay them back for your school because you got the money up front. You didn't get the GI Bill, you didn't get post 9-11 because you wasn't deployed. That's how the contract works. After four years, you can re-enlist, different MOS, meaning a different job, or you can do a lap move to a different branch. Mm. So so to get you for a little bit longer, they'll front load it, so they'll give you a lot of money up front. Yeah. But like, they add an extra year? Yeah, that's okay. how they get you. Like, uh, They get you like that, unless you have a degree, they'll either give you a different rank because you got a good degree, or They'd be like, do you want to go to officer school? Or they'd be like, do you want to do uh, do extra year? A five year contract. And then you got, uh, what you got, when you enlist, they got bonuses. Depends what MOS it is, the job, each, each bonuses is different. You get 10,000, 20,000, 40,000, 60,000, depending on what your bonus is. 40,000, 40K. Yeah, because when I was coming out, the bonuses for me to stay in there, they were talking about 50K, I said no. I wanted a different job. I've already been overseas. I got tired of doing the, the front line work. Uh, I wanted to do something different, embassy duty. So now that makes you just traveling. It's two years, like a year and a half in a hazard, a year and a half in a nice environment. Hazard, so they got like areas. Hazard would be like Africa, hazard would be Northern, like, Northern Africa yeah, or something like that. Some place where they don't necessarily want the embassy there or something. Yeah. Where you're actually protecting like diplomats and stuff. Yeah, that's yeah, hazard. Interesting. And then, because I wanted that, because now it was a chance to go back home. My philosophy was like, if I can get Africa, Djibouti, something like that, because my boy went there, I said, I could get Hazard. And after that, I could get embassy duty in Spain, in Madrid, or Barcelona, or something like that, you see? That's called I, a finesse. Like, yeah, you're trying to figure out how to get what you want to get money. I got effed over. So, and I was like, okay, I'll, I'll do this job. Now, I asked for a job that I wanted. Oh, you got to be this rank now. So they changed the ranking. So certain jobs, you got to be a sergeant, or you gotta be a sergeant, but come in the staff sergeant. So they changed the rank, so I was like, I'm out. If I ain't gonna get the jobs I want, you're not gonna keep me in front line. Yeah, no, that's that's mid contract, or like, I guess not mid contract, but changing the terms is annoying as well. But that's super dope though. Uh, Cause like the army, I was about to lap move, and I was like, about to go there, they was about to offer me 80,000 to state grunt, state front line infantry, and let me choose uh, my location, duty location, and they was gonna give me uh, my rank a different rank, because like in the Army and Marines, the ranking is different. Right? I was like, nah, I don't want to do that. It's like, nah, I don't want to do that job. I said, this is what I want. I said, I don't care about the money. I just care about that job, because I'm tired of going over there. So, you know, now I was like, give me a Mortar T. Mortar T is like mechanics, like you need to work on uh, the Humvees, the MRAPs and stuff. Like now you get a Mortar T, like, uh, you get your certificate here, you go work at a damn uh, diesel mechanic shop where you can start your own diesel mechanic. 
airport. And then you got my boy, he went uh, working on uh, airplanes and, and choppers. And do you have to be in the Air Force to do that? Or no, Navy, no, I think. No, no, no. You can still be in the Army. Marine Corps got it. So, like, and, and another thing, like, my, my, my older brother is in the Navy, and you kind of get the sense that there's, like, this thing between the branches where y'all, like, See, so y'all, fuck, y'all fuck with yeah, each other. No, the Marine bit. and Navy, we fuck with each other. Okay. Like, we, we call you this. We, uh -huh. we, 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 we 100 together. But across the branches, y'all yeah, got, we like, make a fun little, of the Air Force, there we go. Coast Guard, <laughs> Army. We make fun of them. Because we always got to save the Army. We, I was, I was, it was one time we was in Iraq. You know, the, before everybody was talking about the drones, the army, and we already had the drones. And the drone was about this big. They wanted us to go secure it and bring it back. I said, no, 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 we're not gonna go secure it and bring it back. We're gonna go uh, sec do security around it. Y'all can pull up and get it, because we're not carrying that load. That ain't ours, that's y'all's. You know, I got chewed up for that, but I told him, I said, my guys is gonna secure it by doing security. And then when they show up, I said, we sit, we out here for 12 hours, I need y'all to send somebody to uh, relieve us. But I'm not, we're not gonna carry that damn drone. You, know? uh, you give us a, a seven ton or something, we'll, we'll bring it back, but we're not carrying that mug. So, okay, when, when you say we, you're talking Marines. My, my unit, my platoon, like we, we when we was in uh, Iraq, we, was, we had cops, fobs, and uh, 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 bases. So we was out in the boonies, like you call it, we call it the boonies, like we, we didn't have supplies. We had to make do what we had, had to make do. Like survival, like we had to go to the souk and buy chickens, rice and stuff like that and make our own food if we didn't want to eat the MREs. Okay. So you go, you go on base, when they had bases over there, they had a whole kitchen full of food. You give, you order what the hell you want to order. You tell them what you want, they make it right there. That's, that's, I think I might have I heard something like that. So like that's, that's like almost, what, five or six years of you being overseas to the point where you probably could start speaking maybe like no, the, like, like before I came to America, I was born in Sudan, right? Uh -huh. I spoke Arabic. Uh -huh. My mom is Muslim. My mama's side is Muslim. My uh, sperm donor side is uh, uh, Orthodox. Okay. So I spoke Arabic. In Sudan, you speak Arabic. So I spoke Arabic, came here. And what, do you, what, do you, what do you mean by it? You said sperm donor side. That's my, you know, who you call your, uh, uh -huh. who, who, who sleeps with your mama? Interesting. That's yeah. an interesting terminology. Yeah, I call them sperm donor, man. Ah. If you don't have respect for somebody, you don't. Wow. And everybody, that's your, like, you understand. I mean, you might be the same one that, honestly. Being, I, there, I, being there, being there, is different than protecting, guiding, showing, uh, teaching, supporting, you know? Like, Yo, like your pops, look at your pops over there. I've been knowing him for a long time. He's a genuine guy, kind guy. He had some issues with him. When he lost y'all, he lost himself. Cause he used to tell me, I miss my kids. I said, go see him. She won't let me. That's what he used to say. I said, ain't nobody can stop you from seeing your kids. I know what it was. He wasn't there no more. He mentally wasn't there. Like he was a smart, he was a, like me, him having these, cause he's an artist like me. I used to draw, he used to draw. He used to, he used to paint. That's where, you, that's where you get your articulate side. Cause like, he used to paint. He used to paint, like he used to paint on walls, paint on things, paint on uh, uh, light poles. And he used to do a lot of stuff. I'm like, boy, you intelligent. It just, when he lost himself, he couldn't find himself because he kept hanging around. It's like who you hang with. And you know, some people, you know, they see you vulnerable, they use your vulnerability to use you and destroy you. So you mess with the wrong people. You know, I had a friend like that too. He, he became a crack, my homeboy became a crackhead. Smart motherfucker in school. Hey. He went, hung around the wrong crowd, end up doing crack. He's a crackhead. Every time I see him, I feed him. What? You know, you ever know, you know, Bedhead, he's the urchin guy, Bedhead. He passed away uh, last year. Okay. 
Motherfucker was a genius. Yeah. He was a photographer. He was a, uh, a writer. Yeah. Uh, he had degrees, chemist, engineer, smart guy, smart talent. He played instruments. He taught me how to play instruments. Smart guy. He had the wrong woman in his life. Destroyed him. What? So you you were you were when when were you born? I was born my real birthday. February 14, 1985. My American birthday, like everybody else, January 1st. Okay, so you were about you were about six years older than me, so that's why you remember a lot more than I do in the neighborhood. It's me, I got good, I'm bad with names, but I'm good with memories. Okay. Like, I'm the, I'm dope with memories. Like, people like, I would tell you a story about my mom. And I would huh. say, kid, like, you remember your mom? I mean, my brother's sister, like, you remember? I was like, yeah. I said, my memories, my memory bank is dope. It's just I can't remember names. So, so what was, like, your... What was the area that we grew up in? Like, what, how would you explain it? Like, was it was it a was it a solid area? Was it was nope, it was nope, it bad? Because nope, nope. I really don't really remember one hundred percent. Because we were just playing out in the parking lot. Before y'all yeah, moved, I was living, uh, you know, Garfield and yep. St. John and Seven Eleven. Independent. Y'all grew up in them apartments because yep. we because when we came here, the first place we lived in was, you know, where Shoto was that? Yeah, Shoto. Yeah, and you go down Shoto, there's houses right over here to the left. Uh huh. We live in them uh, duplexes. Parvin? No, 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 no. No, no. It's Sh Independence Avenue. We live right okay. there. Not, not Shoto, uh, North Kansas City. Shoto is apartments. They used to oh, be called I Sh don't know. So no. Independence Avenue. No, 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 I don't. Because, like, we live there. And uh -huh. then when y'all when was here, when y'all came here, I think you was born here, right? Nah, I was born here. Your sister was born here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so when y'all got here, uh, Independence Avenue, you said uh, Riverview is right here, Delcy Lamb. Now, if you go down to Independence Avenue, you see 7-Eleven right there, and that college is right there. Uh -huh. Right across the street from the college is where y'all stay. Yeah. Y'all stayed in them apartments. Yeah, over, was it close to Don Bosco? Yes. Yeah. Close, close over yeah. there? Yeah. So, so, it and was you, crackhead. And you said it was crackhead, prostitutes, gangs, like shootings, everything. But we used to go to Delcy Lamb for daycare, uh -huh. Don Bosco for daycare, yeah. for summer camp, play basketball there. You know? Uh-huh. And, uh, and, uh, it looks like... The area got to some people who weren't, yeah, who weren't like, like mentally like strong enough to kind of maybe hold up against like a lot of the influences. And everything yeah, because like see, America is like this. The reason why your parents came here back then it was like this: if you didn't have a family, you couldn't get the uh, visa to come here. You couldn't get the visa to come here. A single man couldn't get. Single man had to figure a different way. A single woman. Had, so if you had a family, they gave you uh, uh what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, is it a uh, it's a raffle. They okay. draw, they yeah, pick yeah. you and they be like, all right, we need your kid's name, this, 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 that. And they, they tell you when you're going to leave, once you get approved. And what they did was throw us in the hood. They threw us in the projects. They see we came from where we came from. They wasn't, if you look at it, where all foreigners got thrown in? The hood. That's how they treat us, the ghetto. The ghetto is not a people. The ghetto is a place. When the ghetto was made, it was made because when America made the ghetto, it was for Irish and Italians. They like Irish and Italians. Then they figured how to put us in the ghetto. Instead of giving us the land, throw us in the ghetto. You know? Yeah. And uh, um, how did you like navigate it? Like, what did you? What did you like? Was it because was, was it because you had a little nah, bro, like was, little brother? Or like, did it get nah, did it get to in, you? I was or? in Street Street. Yeah. Like I was in there banging and robbing and dealing and everything. I was a smart kid, yeah. but school was boring to me. Yeah. Like the teachers couldn't teach me shit. Cause I was, I was too, they was like, even my, uh, one of my teachers, he was like, you too bright, bro. He's like, you a talented, smart kid. He said, you don't apply yourself. I said, when you ain't got support, how you gonna apply yourself? 
He was like, true? I said, I got no support at home. I fend for myself, so survival of the fittest. Did, did he not come to the country with your family? No, Enoch was born here. Enoch and Serafia was born here. No, 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 Enoch was, but I'm talking about uh, yeah, sperm donor, Pops. Father. Uh, yeah, yeah, he, yeah he, I came with him. I came with him. Adunia, you know Adunia, my half-brother. Uh-huh. Adunia, Because yeah. he got different mothers. And then, you know, Alam, the Ethiopian lady, that's a nurse. Uh, I don't really remember. Yeah, that's my, that was supposed to be my stepmom, but uh-huh. she came here after three years of that divorce and she went our way. Oh, interesting. And what, but I'm, I'm confused on kind of like what happened with the pops. Like what, did he just kind of like whenever you guys got here, he just kind of drifted? Nah, he And if this is a personal question. He's, he's, he's controlling, you know, you know, most high, they say, see, I met high parents like mine. And I met high parents that's shit. That's understanding, that's willing to understand you. And, Cause you gotta understand you're not back home no more. Mm-hmm. You gotta take the back home mentality and apply it here but adjust it a little bit, because guess what? If you don't adjust it here, it's gonna be more harm than, than good. Because you got people, like you got people now that's grown, their parents force them in careers they're not, they don't wanna be in. You got some people that don't even talk to their parents no more, because you know, the mentality affected them, because they didn't get the proper love or proper nutrition of, of uh, appreciation. You know, I call it nutrition, because I always tell everybody it's 10 to 20%, it's 20 to 40% of your zodiac sign, your environment, and your upbringing with your parents. It's like when I told you, your mom is yelling, your dad yells at you, you pick up that behavior. And then you start yelling at people, or you yell at your spouse, or you yell at your child. And you don't, you don't catch yourself because you don't know it's learned behavior. So you got all these people like, like that that got lives that's traumatizing because their parents didn't adjust to them. To the side, like to the like, I guess the culture of America, which you're being born in, but if they don't adjust, then yeah. all of a sudden there's a collision there a little bit. Uh, so because you know, because it's like, so he, so he, so he was like, he, so it was, he, it's actually he, the opposite. He was he, overbearing. He was he's, too controlling. He, he's more. It's not contr- like he's more abusive and controlling. Okay. Verbally, verbally abusive, physically abusive. I see. And it's like, see, the necessities is you pay the bills. You have to, as a parent, you got to pay the bills. If you don't pay the bills, you ain't got nowhere to live. So that's the necessities. You have to do that. You don't do that. Guess who comes take your kids? Child welfare. You know, they come take your kids. But, like your dad was a painter. If he was around, he could have taught you a lot of articulate stuff. You know, painting, writing, and the music, and the language. When you teach a child that, now your child has more value in him to understand the culture, to understand what he could bring to his, 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 his self-being. You know, like, okay, sure. My dad taught me painting, drawing, and this. I can apply this with this. Now, right now, you do you do this, right? You do documentaries, right? Yeah. Imagine if you go back home and document the, the arts, the culture, and all that. Like, it makes you want to. Because you, I know people that do it now. They like, man, my parents pushed me into what I'm good at. They didn't force me to be a doctor, a lawyer, and stuff. But he was my like, overbearing, controlling, all that stuff. At the same time, he was not taking what he knew to teach a kid. Like, he a mechanic, right? He fixed everybody's cars. I asked him one time, I said, hey, bro, pops. He's like, what? Oh, let's just start a mechanic shop. No, why? We fix everybody's car, but we just have a, a location, they bring it there, we make more money. You know Solomon, right? Yeah. He got his own mechanic shop. Yeah. There's probably more than one Solomon that got a mechanic shop yeah. right here. Yeah, yeah. You got the cab Solomon, you got the... Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm like, what's wrong? He, he, didn't, he didn't see the business aspect when mm. I was bringing this. I've always been a business dude. I was like, all right, teach me how to fix a car. No, you got something I can learn from you. That's what, as a parent, that's what you do. 
you teach them what you know. Yeah. So it's it's resourceful. Yeah. You know. So I wonder. I wonder if I remember growing up, like I kind of like had this like pretty bad view of like future prospects of getting married, family, and all that kind of stuff. And I thought, I wonder if our the way we were raised kind of impacted that. Do you think that do you think that affected affects the way you look at relationships, the prospects of getting married, and even maybe a family? Like, what do you you think? It it does because so like my one people, some people have abandonment issues, so they don't want to be in a relationship because they don't want to feel that if that person leaves them is another abandonment. You got some people that's abandonment issue, but they want that, so they they force themselves to be in that at the same time. They're not self-dependent. They are depending on that person to keep them leveled, grounded. You know, how everybody's different. You know, how you look at it, how you take it is different, but your upbringing is the cause and effect of everything you, you do in life. And you got people that's drug addicts because they rich, their family's rich, their family enable their bad ha- behaviors because their family don't look at it. Okay, I got the money, what else do you want? I need you to nurture me, support me, guide me, be there for me. Don't pay for a nanny or don't pay for this you know, and then you got some people that don't have shit. They give their kids all the nurturing of love, family value, and it helps them rise up. You got some that get neglected, so it helps them depreciate in life. So, so like what you said earlier, actually, like that's actually really interesting because you, like at some point, there might be a choice. Like you could have that kind of upbringing that makes you think that like, I don't want any part of this, but you could also make the choice. You're like, actually, you know what? I'm gonna make sure I'm even better than that. Yeah. And I'm gonna make sure that my kid doesn't have to go through that. But me and you apparently like early on, we kind of decided like, you know what? I want no, no part of No, but I this. used to want to get married when I was young. I used to get one to get married. Interesting. I, like, I wanted to get married. I wanted a family and all that. Cause I said, like, I'm gonna be better than this man. I'm gonna be better than people around me. Cause you know, it, it, it was a stigma on me back in the days. Sammy said it, Fillmore said it, Abel said it. If you can ask my brother, you can they was like, Dunya's gonna be the first one to get married. Yonas is gonna be the first one to have two baby mamas. Do you, right. have, do you have any idea why maybe they thought that? Like, were you just really good with women? Or like I'm a ladies man. Said, I'm a ladies man. When we go out, the ladies come to me. Ladies fuck with me. I don't like their attention. I don't care about it. I take it, I take it. I don't fuck everything. I fuck quality over quantity. But me, I just, you know, I just chill with women. I could chill. He sees me, I could chill with a woman, never even wanna fuck her, just have a good conversation, leave by myself, walk in by myself. But it was always that stigma. Oh, this dude's gonna be like this, like this. That's not gonna be me. I'm not, I know me. If I don't see no longevityness with you. I don't see you as my child's mother. I don't see nothing there with you. It's never gonna happen. I've told many girls, you will never be my girlfriend. Why? I'm like, I don't see myself going the distance with you because I don't see we really compatible. Mm-hmm. So like, I wonder. Uh, but like, because like, t- still having a girlfriend. Like, I mean, still having a girlfriend is like a thing that you can do even if you don't necessarily see it going like all the way to nope, a marriage or nope, anything like that. Nope. But you think that's it's a waste like, of time. You think uh, any relationship that that you don't yeah. at least see potential for a waste of time. is a waste of time. It's a waste of time. Because guess what? You giving your all to somebody or giving your time to somebody, knowing you're not gonna be with this woman for life or this man for life, you wasting your time to go look for the real prospect that you look for. Cause like, why waste your time with somebody in a committed relationship? Ten years into it, you're not married, no children. Y'all break up, you wasted ten freaking years of your time. You can't get time back. You can't get time back. But you can learn. I always tell people, I like date around. Dating is mostly sexual, sex. It ain't committing. Dating is you go out and kick it and have sex. But you can date without having sex too. So you figure out what you look for in that person you want to be with and what you want to be in that relationship. Because I always tell people, like, in a relationship is, it ain't what that person can do for you. It's what you can both can do for that relationship to work. Because it's always, you know, when you look at people, he makes me feel like this, he makes, it's never like, 
this is what he is. So like, yeah, I, I actually, the more and more I think about it, I keep realizing that my mind is still back in my 20s, but I, my body's like in my 30s. And I got to remember that like, you might be wasting somebody else's time if you're just in a relationship and you don't like necessarily, at least see the potential of like, a, of, of it going all the way. So like, you, I, I kind of see a little bit what you're talking about, but like at the same time, this might be super corny, but I kind of think that like, it might be a good idea to kind of like learn what it's like to kind of put yourself second and do all that kind of stuff. So like, even if it's not necessarily the case that you might not see a marriage, I like know. you could be a better, you, you could be a better version of yourself for, the, you for, for that moment when you, you might finally meet that person. How old are you now? I am uh, 31. I just turned 31 in April. Happy belated birthday. Appreciate it. Okay. So you're 31, right? Uh-huh. You can't do what you used to do in your 20s. This is true. You can't do what you used to do in your teens. So now if you hop in a relationship, and it's, the relationship is going somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. Do you see yourself really going all the way with this one? You have to take that thinking process like, is this the next step of marriage? Or this is just another relationship that's just gonna waste my time. So people don't know how to be by themselves. If you know how to be by yourself, enjoy yourself, self time, self vacation, and appreciate who you are, guess what? Somebody else can appreciate you. Cause I always tell a woman this, Carry yourself like a wife, you become a wife. Carry yourself like a loose baggage, that's all you can be left, it's trash outside. That's why a lot of women get smashed and dashed, right? And a lot of men the same way. If you, are, if you carry yourself, I always wanna be in a relationship, and then you date this woman, get in a relationship, and you never got the really chance to know who she was, you wasted your time. Because you, you wanna look for the red flags ASAP. That's why I ask these questions early on with a woman. I ask deep questions, they like, I never had a man ask me these questions, they be like, that's intense. That's intense because, early on, though. That's intense early woman, on. Show me who you really are up front. And I don't pussyfoot around nothing. I want you to be who you are up front. If I could accept you how you are, and I'm like, hey, I can respect who you are, you didn't show me. Because you know how people show you one thing, and then once you get in that six-month relationship, you start seeing the other part, you be like, what the hell did I get? Why waste this? Show me up front who you are. So, so one th- respect is a big thing because I like I got like a mind that kind of deconstructs either people or things. And if I if I can't if I don't respect you, I could really like diminish you mentally and to a point where like I just can't like I can't go through any struggles with you. So like, yeah. but the thing, but but my thing is uh, on the on the broader point is that um, I think that I am now in the age now where like if I'm getting into a relationship, not dating, not not you know all that kind of stuff. If I'm getting into a relationship. Uh, it's, it's sometimes you'll come to, you'll come across one where it's like immediately clear, like you know what, this is just this is what it is. Yeah. But every once in a while, you come across a girl where you like, actually, this is like a question mark. I, I legitimately have no idea. This could be short term, mm-hmm. but this could legitimately be the last woman I'm ever with, mm-hmm. and it's possible. Mm-hmm. So like, that's my thing about like exploring that is not necessarily like I don't think a waste of time. But let me hear what you got to say. What's different between chemistry and connection? Um, connection maybe sounds more ephemeral, short term, but no. chemistry sounds like something that could last. Or no, is it the opposite? No. It's opposite. All right. All right. Chemistry is easily built. Okay. Chemistry is a sexual chemistry. Like right now, you go out with your boys, you meet a girl, you have any conversation. You got sexual chemistry, or just a chemistry for the moment. Connection is organic. It's genuine. You can't force a connection. It's like when you have friends. Do you force the friendship, or is it just a genuine friendship? A genuine relationship with someone is there. You know that if you have a genuine connection. Now, it's either going to be a friendship connection or a relationship connection. It's organic. So you, you look for the connection, you know? And then the connection is the compatibility. So 
I always tell people, look for the connection. Do you have a connection? Because everybody, oh, I'm infatuation is chemistry. I'm infatuated. I'm infa That's why a lot of people don't want to be alone. Infatuated with the word marriage. Infatuated being in a relationship. Infatuated, infatuated. Infatuation dissolves. Because that she's pretty right now. He's handsome right now. He's got money right now. When he loses it, can you still date him? Can you still be with him? And if he's going through a crisis, can you still support him? If she uh, got fat, can you still support her? It's all about that. It's about connection and, and uh, uh, compatibility. So I always ask people this. You want to get married? Yeah. Talk about marriage right then in the moment. Like, when you meet somebody, what's your, what's your thought of marriage? Why do you want to get married? People all get married. People get married because their parents, to, 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 uh, to satisfy their parents, or they want to be the only one not marrying their friends or their family. Then people, uh, uh, what you call it? Uh, what's, what else? Uh, People don't understand what they want from marriage. I always ask people, what is marriage to you? Do you want to get married? Because everybody ain't made for marriage. Everybody's not made for relationships. Everybody's not made to be parents. But people do it just to satisfy their parents, satisfy the urge of not being the only one not having this. And guess what? They, they don't have it, they look down upon, right? Frowned upon it, everything. So now the insecurities arises them, and they like, shit. Like everybody asks me, why you not having kids? Why you don't have no marriage? Your brother met Did it? I'm moving my own beat in my drums. When I find the one I really would be with, guess what? I'm gonna commit like it ain't nothing. Cause I don't, cause me, why waste my time with somebody if I don't see me being with them? That's wasting their time. They could be over there with somebody else that really wants to be with them. People, people settle too, cause you might want her. She might want this dude. This dude never is going to come in, so she comes back to you. She settles for you, and you kind of settles for her because you let her come back to you, and she doesn't even respect you because she really didn't want you. Now, a lot of people get married for the wrong reason. So I've always looked at marriage as, as a way of balancing somebody's life. If your life is not balanced, how can that marriage be balanced? Because that marriage got to be balanced between each other. Because it's like you have a bad day and a good day, right? You got to balance it out. Are you still going to be there for each other? Oh, on the good days, you're there, but you gonna be there for the bad days? He lost his job, but you gonna be there for when he loses his job? She got health issues, are you gonna be there when she has health issues? And like, cause I've met people that had cancer, their wife had cancer, the man was there 24 seven. And you got some people, I can't deal with this, and they leave. You got some women, he lost his job, he can't take care of me, they leave. So you gotta understand what that marriage means to you. And a lot of people don't know what marriage means to them because they never took the time to understand what they want, and what they're going to bring for themselves. Because I don't look for what you could bring. What I'm going to bring to this that was this. And if we align, that's when it, compatibility. If compatibility aligns, guess what? We could be different religions and still be compatible. We just got to have that respect. The respect is the foundation of everything. Without respect, you can't hold that relationship. It's going to crumble. You can't hold it. So so that's that's that, a lot of that maps on over to... Love, I guess, but like, but like, you were specifically love. talking about marriage. Love. But like, love. I, I have a question. Love. I have a question. I have a question. Let me, let me ask a question. Let me ask a question. Love? <laughs> what's love? Is it a feeling or a choice? Me? What's, what's love? Is it a feeling or a choice? Uh, it is. It is. It's both of those. It things. can be both. It can. It can be both. It's feel, It's a it feeling can, and, no, and a choice. Love is a choice. Because like, I don't understand what you would say is a feeling. So if you feel in love, right? Something happens. How you feel out of love? Respect is the main thing, right? You respect that, that person. You respect what you got. You respect yourself. You never go out of bounds. Never try anything to, desert, to destroy that. 
So once you give that love to that person, because you got people that got children, they don't, they don't love their children because love is a choice. It ain't a feeling. You got people that love their children and people that don't love their children. So once you give that love to somebody, okay, I'm loving you. I'm giving you me, my care, my tender, my all. So now guess what? I got to work on it on a daily. There is, there is a movie that I saw that like described love as attention. So like it's, it's giving attention. It's like giving time, energy, and focus, like you said. And it's like, it's not always like, because like, you know, sometimes you don't like your family, but you know, you lo- they, they know that if they need you, you'll be there. That's love. Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah, like, that's like, right. like is volatile, but, it, but, it's volatile, not a but love is volatile. It's not a so that's a choice. Love is a choice. You're so that's get, a choice. Because right now, you can love that person far away. You still love them to love them, but you're not going to tolerate them, not going to deal with them. Because you know why? Because the disrespect was given too much, so that respect is gone. So I wonder, I wonder. Like is like this. I like spending time with this person. I like being around this person. I like doing these fun activities with this person. That's what like is. Like is like right now. You got a girl, right? You enjoy, you like her time with each other. So you want more of it. That's what like is. Yeah, and that's, uh, that's fleeting. That's kind of like happiness. It's not a contentment. It's like, it's like something that's like uh, yes. short-lived, short-lived. And it's on my mind a lot, really. That's my philosophy like, in life. That's my philosophy on things. I wonder, I wonder, because like, but the thing is, there are, there are marriages that last a long time that aren't built on any of that. It's more like a transaction. You know, like how families will join people together just because like, but that's that, marriage, it's a choice that's out of there. That's what marriage was. Marriage so like, was never religious. Uh-huh. Marriage was a business transaction almost. Marriage was bit. like this. You have a daughter, I have a son. I'm this tribe and village. You're this tribe in this village. To unite and keep us strong, our children unite us. So, so I wonder, I wonder if, I wonder if like America has maybe kind of got us to think that like relationships or marriage or love is supposed to either be about these things or like supposed to give us a lot of these things or we're supposed to give a lot of these things when it could be, when it could be a situation to where it's less about me and more about we like it's kind of like like thinking like i wonder if every once in a while like it pops in my head that like actually you know what as 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 east africans as one level as africans on another level as black people on another level like we just need more like uh, like we just need more couples that are working together to try to secure themselves and then just add more stability to the world and more of a global project and less about like okay i need I need hips and a and a and a funny girl and a pretty face and I need somebody who makes me feel this 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 this. But like a situation where families join together and it's le- it's more of a cultural thing. It's not my choice. They made the choice for me. I have an obligation to my family and everybody else to kind of make this work. Maybe it doesn't work so much in the current context, but I know there are plenty of marriages that were like whether it's Indian. Uh, I'm not sure so much in why? African context, but like why? those those marriages tend to last. Yeah. Why do they last? Uh, I don't know. I tell you why. It's never a financial game, one. It's always, I gotta respect what this is. I can't diminish my family's legacy. Then I gotta look at this, cause guess what? You said love is a feeling, right? They force you to marry this woman and this man, there's no love there, right? But guess what, you could grow to love them, cause guess what? Over time, you're giving that love to that person. That respect is already built. That's why. Then you gotta look at the other end. What do all marriages in the European mindset have? Marriage license. That license is an obligation of a contract to each other. But it's really for the woman always winning. That's why marriages don't last. Because if you take, I've asked many women this. If a man takes the license away, the diamond ring away, would you marry him? No. Why? It's not, it's not a legal marriage. How is it not legal? You believe in God, right? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's you and God and him. So it's legal now. But, 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 but I can't, 
can't be there when you're about to be on your deathbed. There's ways around that too. Well, but, 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 but what? See, you don't look at marriage as a gain of, uh, what you call it? a gain of uh, unity, uniting. You don't look at it as genuineness. You look at it as, what can I get out of it? Oh, the marriage license. I get divorced, I get alimony. I get divorced, oh shit. We got kids, child support. I get the house, he gotta move out the house. That's why a lot of these marriages don't last. People get married for gaining for themselves selfish reasons. So when you ask people what marriage is to them, they can never tell you. They don't know what marriage is to them because they never understood what marriage was to them. You know, because you got two parents that's been married 20 years. She gets married, divorced. Gets married again, divorced. She can't even keep a marriage because she never understood what marriage was. The parents knew what marriage was because guess what? Back in the days, we had to get married to survive. Being married kept us healthier because guess what? You've taken care of me when I'm sick. I'm taking care of you when you're sick. That's, that's like, it's really interesting because this is all under the context of me. Like in my life, I saw two failed marriages. I didn't just see one. So like, I saw what the end of life could kind of look like for my pops. Uh, when, when, when you don't necessarily have that like, uh, relationship with somebody else who's there for you and you could be there for them towards the end. And I could, I, it, was, it was tough to see, so like, as far as I'm concerned, like, in my mind, I could go through a lot of bullshit and like, you know, you kind of hear that marriage is kind of miserable for a lot of people, whether it's through movies or friends, but, but it, even if you're married to the right person, I could, I could see it's kind of a little bit miserable, but I would be willing it's to go through a lot of misery no. just to make sure that I no. don't end up no. by see, myself see, see, trying to figure out how to go settling. up the stairs I think life is settling. No, no, you, yeah, I'll give you that. Life is settling in a way, but you got people that settle in a job that don't want to be in. Okay, they said, they go, okay, you, you, you a documentary, right? You do that. I remember I asked you at the gym, what's your worth? If CBS asked, gave you, what would you, and they'd be like, we give you a contract, give us a, uh, a number. I said, what's your worth? He was like, uh, you bitter. I said, give me a number. So you can't sit on B. You got to tell them what the number is. I got to at least make a million a year. You got, you see, people settle. The moment I just told you, she wanted him, but she wanted you. She settled for you, and it's miserable being with you because she didn't want you. A lot of people settle so they won't be alone. They don't want to be like, damn, I'm 35, not married. I'm 40, not married. They settle. So, so they settle for misery. You got a lot of people that get married to avoid and then when their kids graduate college or high school, what happened? They finally divorce. What are they, what are they avoiding when they settle? What's the risk? Like you said, being in your 40s or 50s and possibly being, being lonely. Being alone? Loneliness is a thing that's, no, no, that, no, that's listen, like pretty bad. Loneliness is all in your mind. And you're never lonely. You're alone. Cause guess what? You got family, friends, right? They, they, family and friends are not the same as having an intimate relationship, right? You're not lonely. You're alone. In a in a way, in a way, because you could be lonely and married. And like you said, it's not for everybody. This isn't an you objective. You could be lonely and married, right? This is true. This you is could be lonely true. and married. And guess what? Oh, I gotta put up with this motherfucker. I gotta put up with this. I gotta put up with that. Cause guess what? A lot of people end up. I always tell people, move in before you get married. No, I like, move in before you get married. They play like, why? You'll see if you can live with each other. Because guess what? Every day you change, right? You learn something new about your partner. Not only that, after you get married, if once you pass that three-year mark, you can make it if everything starts aligning the right way. But people, after five years, they, they see it. They're not, they're, not ready. they're not really wanting to be here no more. Ten years, they're like, I'm not. But then they got kids. They're trying to say, oh, shit, I got to stay with these kids. Now, I know people that got, they stayed married to their kids, went to college and got divorced because they didn't want to hurt their kids at the time. 
They stay together for the kids. And once you and it's draining. I know people that I always tell people, I'm like, don't fight, argue, or do anything in front of your children. Like, wait till your children's out the house or in bed and don't yell. Have a conversation about your issues. So this is actually a really interesting question, because like I feel like we haven't really gotten to the heart of it. Do you think a marriage that eventually ends before death or anything like that is a failure? So you think a marriage that ends in divorce, let's say a marriage lasts for 30 years and you get divorced, do you think that's like a fail, a failure? Because that's actually really interesting. If you make it through, the, kid, if you make it through the kids leaving, through, leaving the house, and that's like, let's say 20 years of marriage, is that, is that a failure? I say, that's I actually say, really interesting. I say it is and it ain't. I say you failed on the marriage. You failed on being true to yourself. But you succeeded on keeping your family together for your children's sake. But at the same time, hopefully your kids are old enough to understand Cause like, you got some kids, when they go off to college, their parents get divorced, what happens? I'm depressed, my parents, and they's always thinking it's because of them or it's, it's all, all about them. It ain't about you, it's about your parents. They was ready to separate because they was never really in it all the way. They was there just to keep the family life going. So I'm gonna say it is a failure and it ain't a failure. Cause, Cause in my mind, and this is like, I don't know if this is like ridiculous or not, but like even a perfect marriage, cause you, you did ask me if I'm like kind of religious. I'm not, I'm not exactly religious. So like in my mind, eventually all marriages end, even if they're perfect, right? Eventually you guys will lose each other because of through death, right? So death does, does its part. So like, you know, they always say that's like, something is not beautiful because it lasts forever. A thing is beautiful maybe sometimes because it ends. So Marriage if, is supposed if, to be perfect. If, That's if what I'm it, yeah, no, no. But if it, if, even if it, even if everything did go as well as it possibly could, eventually it would end. So like, my thing is, my thing is like, I'm, I'm willing. When I look back on the mistakes that I made in my past, the, the, the chances I didn't take are the ones that really fucked me Fuck up. Fuck you up. Not the ones that I did take and they didn't go well. Even though that shit bothers me. No, those are the so ones. Like, that's the, those are lessons. Those are right lessons. There. So like, the so, ones you didn't okay. take. Those are the regrets and those are the. Oh man. They fuck you up. They, you think about that shit more than I've the other that. stuff. I've done that. Many but I think that I think that maps on to relationships. At some point I started telling myself, like, you know what? If I'm gonna make a mistake, I'm gonna make the mistake in the in the direction of going for it. So like I'd rather have a couple of fair marriages than actually never than, than looking back and being like, you know what, I shouldn't have I, mean, I get married I guess, once, I'm over. <laughs> I'm not getting married twice. That's why it's, I'm, I'm in my late I'm in my mid-30s, almost late thirties, right? I told myself, I'm not getting married. Until I find, and then what marriage to me is not just a contract. It's a unity. It's a, 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 a lifetime partnership. And even not, not just, not just when, because like, we, we definitely have been staying in the atmosphere of like, like the, the thing that we're definitely thinking about because a lot of our friends, brothers are getting married at this age right now. So that's like top of mind. But even if it's just relationships, like even if it's just making, a, like making somebody that you've been into your girl or something like that, like I'm, I'm more into like, not necessarily, obviously you gotta be thoughtful about it and not like just reckless and everything like that, but like, I'm, I'm kinda, I'm kinda not gonna stop myself from doing that kind of stuff just cause I think there's a chance that, you know, it might not, I don't know how to put it. You know, you kinda know what I'm saying. Like just the risk of it is not gonna deter me. Yeah. So like, that's kinda what I've been thinking recently, so, whether it's like girlfriend but you wanna get married, right? Or kids even. Yeah, but, but you wanna get married, right? Uh, I do wanna try at least so, once. So, before you get married, I want you to do this. Like I always tell people, Write down what you want in your marriage. What do you think marriage is to you? What values and morals that you hold about you? Because I, like I told my brother, I said, you take the values and morals of the culture, you take what you learn from your pops, she takes from the culture, she takes what she learned from her mom, see what works in y'all household, and then add your own values in, in your household, in your marriage. So I always tell people that. So I always tell people, write it down. 
Because like, if you don't write it down, you don't know what you want. And a lot of people don't know what they want because they just think marriage is getting married. No, it's a lot of work, just like a relationship. Marriage is basically a relationship. It's just a different name to it now. There's something really interesting that happens when you take a thought from inside your head and you put it, either you say it out loud to somebody else or you put it on paper. Something weird happens. You can rationalize or think that you understand something when it's bouncing in your head, but as soon as you have to either tell somebody or put it on paper, all of a sudden you realize that like, actually I like the clarity even to put this stuff down. So like actually writing it down or telling the other person is like really good advice. Cause like one thing that just popped in my head just now is that like, I don't, I, I don't think it'd be right for me to get into any long-term, whether it's a marriage or anything like that with somebody else without telling them that like, listen, I don't know about the American context, but with me, I'm not letting my mom go to a nursing home. She's staying with me eventually. Like 100. this is just the thing. And if she 100. doesn't, if she doesn't understand that, that could be really bad for the relationship. Yeah. So saying that yeah. stuff out loud is a thing. Yeah, that's that, that, that's what I tell people. I'm like, you gotta know what you want. Yeah, that's and you gotta point. find. And you gotta find a compromising area. You gotta compromise. Marriage is about compromising. What did COVID do to a lot of people? Divorce them. Interesting. They divorced them. A lot of relationships broke. They broke up. Cause you know why? They never had the time to really sit down with each other. I go to work, you go to work, we come home, boom, boom, boom. I go to work, you go to work, we come home. And like, it's funny as I tell people that, and, and, you know, you could tell how, if you're real friends, I used to go on trips with right? Worst, tri worst trips I ever had. It's always arguments. Oh, wow. Cause I, I'm gonna tell you why. It's always arguments. Then I go with my homeboys. Uh, I go with my homeboys in from the military. We barely see each other, but when we pick up, it's like we never left off. We, we never argue, we have a good time on our trips, okay? So what I will say about the trips, I tell people in a relationship, take a instead of flying, take a road trip. What you mean? One of y'all drive, one of y'all be a navigator. Now y'all both gotta have to sit there by yourself. Y'all gotta talk to each other now. Now y'all gotta see if y'all can really be together and deal with each other and have a, a substance conversation, an in-depth conversation, as they're gonna be a real genuine thing for each other, or hey, after this road trip, we want to go our separate ways. And that's what COVID did. It forced everybody to really look at their relationships, their marriages. That's why I tell people, that's why I told you that road trip, it really showed me who not to go on road trips with, who not to go on trips with, because I'm a chill dude, I just like to have fun. I, I could've did this by myself. I'm going with my boys, and y'all want to argue, fight, cuss, and get mad over certain things. I, it's pointless, we thought we was coming here to have fun. She didn't want you. Oh well, she wanted me. Be happy. Okay. Certain things happen. Oh well. We shouldn't be getting mad at each other. A whole trip is wrong. And that's what relationship is. Make each other, force each other to death. To take that drive. Like COVID forced you to be in that house together. It showed that she wasn't compatible. There's a, that's the second time I think in about two weeks that I heard somebody give the advice that she should go on a road trip with somebody to like really figure out that's actually really I've been interesting. Saying, I've said that to many that's, people. I've said that to many people that's in a relationship. I they look at me like this. It's really what? interesting. It's really interesting. What? I'm like, trust me. You take this road trip. You about to see if y'all compatible. If y'all really got a connection. If y'all really like each other. If y'all really want to be with each other. It's going to make y'all really see about y'all relationship. So you said earlier something about how it's got to be respect. And I want to add me personally one thing that I always at least think. And I think I've been saying it out loud, loud, out loud a little bit more. Uh, and my relationship history is definitely not at a point where I can like be giving advice and all that kind of stuff. I'm just trying to figure it out. But I think one thing is like kind of what you're saying here in that if, if what you really want to look for or what I'm going to be really looking for whenever I'm trying to find somebody that I want to spend a significant amount of time or maybe the rest of my life is that like, how do we solve problems? Problems are like a fact of life. 
And at your worst, is there a way that you guys can constructively get through it? Or is it is this like is this only like a thing where the good times are the only times that you guys are compatible? Like so like me personally, I kind of go into like Plato's cave when things get bad. I, I, I can shut myself down and just cut myself off from the world for a while. That's not healthy. But like it I'm is, starting to because I, I do it, too, because I, I think it's healthy because sometimes you need your shutdown moments. But it's not it's not as helpful because you when when you've committed yourself to somebody else. Right. That's, that's what I'm going to say, because I, 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 I had this conversation with a woman. Okay. Stop you on All right. All right. Go ahead. I, I told her this. I said, listen, sometimes I like to shut down and do my own thing, be my own bubble. Probably for a couple of days. I'm letting you know in advance. Would that be an issue? She's like, yes and no. I said, why? She said, as long as you can communicate with me that, that you're okay. Like, what you mean? She was like, okay, I'm gonna give you your shutdown moments. Your little, you know, two days, three days, you time in your own. But I'm gonna text and see if you're good. Can you text back and say, I'm good? I said, yeah, I could do that. But I can have a conversation. She said, I'm cool with that. So you gotta tell your significant other, whoever you're with, that you have those moments. Mm-hmm. If you don't tell them and you just do it without letting them know, that's what the issue is. Yeah. So the, 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 communication, lack of communi- the lack of communication so gotta the be there. Solving. That's why me, I had to tell her, this is me. Sometimes when I'm having a moment or I'm having a, I need my, ooh, shut down moment, nothing around me, no nothing, no phone, no nothing. I had those moments and she was cool with it. Cause guess what? She said, I do it sometimes too. And then I told her, I said, when I go on trips by myself, I'm gonna be on my phone. She's like, why? I said, I'll be about my trip. That's why I went on a trip for. That's why I went on vacation for. Phone is no, 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 no. And she was like, and I said, I don't want to be bothered at work either, unless it's an emergency. I hit you up, check on you, make sure you ate, and I'm back at work. But you, you're, you're buffering it. So like you're doing, like in this case, there's some, there's some communication up front, but like, okay, this is something that like, I understand might be a little hard for you to understand, or maybe this is something that like, because I know when it happens, that's the last time I'm going to tell you what's happening. I'm, I'm just, you know, shutting it down. That's just the way that I react to whatever it is that's happening in my mind or to, in the world at the moment. So like, my thing is, Problem solving. Can you guys constructively get through problems or is when problems arise, like maybe on a road trip, because a road trip is a lot of problem solving. That's kind of like a little bit of the problem, the basis of the whole road trip. That's why you want to see if something happens to the car, if all of a sudden you get lost, like, are you blaming each other? Are you trying to figure it out? Like, is it like it might get a little bit bad, but can you guys recover it? Like it's because because I, I do hold grudges. That's the thing that I do, too. Ooh, so like, that. so like, that's bad for your soul. I, I hold grudges. That's hard. bad for your soul. When you're when you're and I think I'm starting to realize this because like a lot of my life, I used to be petty. Super, I'm, I know. No, I used to be petty. I'm, I'm super petty. No, no, I used to be petty. When you do me wrong, <laughs> yeah. guess what? I might not do it that day. I might not do it next month. I might get you back a year later. Ten years later. That's me. I used to be petty. I had to learn like this. It takes away your energy because your energy can be used for other things. And you, you wasting your energy for this little petty stuff. You could just communicate it or dismiss that person already. So like holding grudges and being you petty. You put an extra P on them. He said petty. <laughs> Because, like, I'm telling you, it, it's, it is bad for your soul. Because guess what? you like, what the hell? Because you know what it does, really? It ages you more. You don't understand it because people are like, huh? I said, when you're being petty and holding grudges, it really ages you more. Because it makes you high blood pressure. It makes you think everybody's doing you dirty. You probably lose opportunities because you're too busy not mm-hmm. looking at what's happening. You're yes. not in the present. You're yes. not in the present. You're not able to actually yes. acknowledge a lot of things I had, that that my, I had to learn that the hard way because I was being so petty one time to somebody. Opportunity was right here. I focus on that pettiness. So you got to understand, like, it hurts you more. It cripples you more. It makes you look stupid at the end. Yeah, you but I got that person. Oh, but you lost out too. Because, you know, a conversation is easy to have. 
hey, this is what you did. This is what I think you did. This is what I felt. This is what I think. Can you correct it? Apologies is an action base. Sorry is a verbal base. If you correct it with your action, we could move on. If you can't correct it with your action, have a nice day. I'm going to go my, you don't care about the relationship. I don't care about the relationship no more either. So, like, don't hold that grudge. That grudge is going to age you horribly. Because what do you think a lot of people get heart attacks from? Grudges, pettiness, and a... Uh, 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 the strain of stress. Just yeah. stress. Like, you just add unnecessary stress. Because life is stress, but you add unnecessary stress as biological I always tell people this. Consequences. Only you can make yourself stressed. Mm. You control what? You. Can't nobody stress you out but you. Work can't... Because I... Like, listen, if that old, old, old lady told me this. I was uh, one of my uh, guys I used to work with. He became a Marine, right? But he was getting, uh, he became a lieutenant in uh, the Marines because I was a Marine. He was, and I was working with him. He asked me, he's like, uh, you have uh, your uniform? I said, yeah. He said, can you pin me? I said, well, he said, in my ceremony, I went, I'm picking up a lieutenant. I said, what's up? I got you. So I pinned him. Then we went out to eat and uh, have a party for it. And she was like talking to me. We was talking. And she's like, yeah, you know, uh, I had three strokes. I said, you had three strokes? And I said, how old are you? She's like, I just turned 63. And she had three strokes. She said, I came to the conclusion, and I talked to my therapist, put, put everybody's problem on the shelf and deal with your own. You can't, and when you're dealing with everybody's problem, you forget about your problem, right? And then you're stressing out about your problem. She said, you put problem, people's problem on the shelf, deal with yours. Once you deal with yours, if you have ability to help, help. If not, she said, limit your stress. She said, I had three, uh, three strokes because I had stress. So like I've I've came, that's when I'm like, man, I can't be petty no more, because petty kills you. Deeply it kills you. Oh, the grudge kills you. So in your mind, it's a, it's a choice. It's less of it's like a, a fact of life. It's, it's a, a choice, because like, what can you do when something happens? What can you do? Yeah. Like, you get in a wreck. And with, 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 with us, like, I don't know if it's like just the culture that we have, we do take it on the, the thing it of is. our family. Like, no, our no, families, like, our family's lives and fortunes are like, I don't know if it's to the degree that it is in American culture, but there is a sense that like it's almost like you know one life. Like it's like their their stress, their fortunes are a part of you, and they take on that kind of stress. It is, but not only that. What do Ethiopians and Eritreans do a lot? They hold grudges a lot. They hold you want to talk about petty people? Guess what? We learned that behavior from them too. We hold grudges. I had to come to the conclusion like literally. All these people that have these strokes are because they're it ain't because they die. They don't eat right. It's because they. Hold grudges, they do petty shit, because all that good energy could be used for better, better things. But they use the bad energy, and what does bad energy do? It brings you bad clouds around you. And you know when people are like, somebody had a bad eye on you, because they're being petty towards you, but it's gonna come back, karma comes back, right? So understand the karma cause and effect of your pettiness. It's gonna come back to you. Yeah, you might got them back, but you might have did something to somebody else too. So do you, are you okay if somebody do you the same way? That's why I treat people how I want to be treated. I don't disrespect people. I will give you respect, and when you disrespect me, I tell you, hey, don't disrespect me again. You know, it's how you do it. You got to treat people how you want to be treated. Move, move in life how you want to operate. You want to operate horribly? Move that way. You want to operate positively? Move that way. A lot of people, they so hurt, they don't get time to think what they're doing. It's all, it's all that hurt. That they have, those so they be petty and hold grudges. Why waste time? It, you know, it's best, the best way to not hold a grudge, if you don't respect that person, you don't want to deal with that person, you don't want to tolerate that person, dismiss them, have a nice life, I go my way, you go my way. I don't wish you malice, I don't wish you no bad. May God bless you, I'm gonna go my way. Guess what? 
once you dismiss them, you ain't worried about that pettiness, that grudge. You're just moving back on your life because you're like, they're not in my life again. They will never disrespect me, do what they did to me ever again because I'm not going to allow it. If they respect you, they'll come back like, listen, I apologize. I miss our friendship. Can we work this out? It ain't going to be the same friendship as before. It's a new friendship, so you build it from a new foundation. So you got to let that pettiness and that grudge go. I tell people, people be like, I want somebody just like me. No, you do not. You want to be similar in a way and different in a way. You know how you came home and, uh, without, without, you grew up without your dad, right? You came home from a mom. For right? most of my life, actually. Yeah. And then Greg, Greg came in. He yeah. was incredible. He yeah. saved my life, actually. So like, but you didn't have him after that, right? So like my brother and his wife, her dad died when she was three or four, right? He left his mother when he was six. When we were six, he left his and I left mine, right? So they kind of similar in a way. They different and similar. They got similarities in certain areas and different in certain areas, right? So it, it aligns them because now they have things to talk about and things to try out because she might like this. He might not like it, but he's going to try to compromise. I'm going to try it with my woman because that's my woman. She just wants to do it. He might like this. I'm going to try it with him. So it's a compromising because it's the difference of each other is a compromise. The similarity brings you together to have a depth conversation about things, your upbringing, how, how you want to raise your kids now. So you look at things, what fulfills you in that marriage. A lot of people don't want to take the time to understand that. And communication is always the key of marriage, right, in a relationship. Communication. You have to communicate. So I, just, I, was, I was just watching a video. The couple, you know what they do? She starts recording them, recording their conversation, recording their arguments. So... She has to pick up because the way she says things, sometimes she says things out of contact to, towards him. He's like, so when she recorded it, she's like, oh, my communication is horrible with you. I talked to you disrespectfully. So now it had to teach her how to refrain from saying a certain ways of talking to him. Because you got to understand his way, his communication skills. Some people are verbal, some people are physical and all that, right? So she had to understand how to talk to him. She was saying shit harsh instead of saying things smooth. She was like, go pick up them clothes and stuff like that. She said it horse. Instead of saying, baby, can you go pick up your clothes off the ground? When she heard herself on the seat, she's like, oh. So she had to understand how to talk to her man now. A lot of people don't take the time to understand each other. Because you remember, you, every day you, you learn something new about your spouse. What do you, what do you, think, what do you think we, men, what do you think we get wrong about, about women more than anything else? We think they're too emotional. Sometimes women are rational too. He said sometimes. Sometimes they're rational. Nah, he said See, sometimes. Women, women, they communicate in many ways. Uh-huh. All right? But when we speak, they'll take one thing we said out of everything we just said and blow it out of proportion. They're all, they're all like borderline uh, district attorneys, like prosecutors, like legal yeah. minds that can dissect the definition of a word and word choice to a degree that is concerning. Like, yeah, uh, let me tell you another thing about a lot of men. They don't pay attention to any women. They don't. And then you got a lot of women. They don't pay attention to what their man like. Like, I, like it was a video I was saying, the woman's like, just pay attention to your man, what kind of shoes, clothes, and things he, d- he likes. You know, you know, I have women like, what, what should I buy uh, my, 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 my child's father for Father's Day? What should I buy my, hus- my man or my husband for uh, his birthday? I'm like, you don't pay attention to him? I had a woman, I was like, you don't, what does he like? I, I really don't know. I said, so you've been dating him for this many years, you don't know what he likes? You don't know what he likes? She was like, I said, it's all about you. And she's like, yeah, I said, learn how to not make it about you. I was like, reserve dinner. Ask him a question, what he likes. He just wants you to listen to him sometimes. 
So she did it. She called me like, bro, thank you. He's just like, oh, I just want that Savage Cologne. I've been wanting it for a minute. So yeah, like Savage Cologne, I'm about to go get it. She's like, oh, okay. She got it, brought it for him. She's like, here you go, baby. He's like, what the fuck? She See, a lot of women don't take the time to pay attention to their, women, their men, too. But a lot of men, they don't pay attention to their women. Because all women don't like flowers. All women don't like perfume. So pay attention to your woman you with. So, so your two things that we get wrong is that we don't pay attention and... We think all women are emotional. Not all the time. They, they're rational, too, at times. Do you th- but men are, like, we're pretty, like, we might fake like we're not, but we get, like... We're emotional, too. We're emotional, too. But we're only emotional too. to who we with. Okay. Like, you're emotional towards your mom and your sister because yeah. you've been around them so long. Yeah, well, people close to me. But, even if it's the woman you with and you care about her, you get emotional about her. You get in your feelings. You won't show it a lot, but you get in your feelings. You know, because I've had a woman, like, years ago, she was like, you don't express yourself. I said, read my writing. She read my writing. She's like, this is what you be thinking? I'm like, yeah. But that wasn't, that wasn't, that wasn't like, good for you where we, where we came from. Where we came from. I like, never could ever express myself. And if like, you ever did, that would have been bad for you. Yeah, my household, it was, do as I say. And then if you got accused, and you'd be like, are you accusing me or asking me? You did it. I said, I didn't. Oh, you couldn't. And then you'd be like, can I talk? No, you can't say nothing. So we couldn't express ourselves. Nah. So like a woman, like I'm dating this girl, we like rocking. We talk, I talk, she like, you be talking sometimes, you don't express yourself, you don't tell me how you, your thoughts and stuff. I was like, I say, here, here's my book. She's like, what's that? I said, it's like a journal of a poem, she's ready. She's like, this is what you be thinking? I'm like, yeah, she's like, damn, you're deep. I'm like, yeah, that's what I be thinking. She be like, why don't you express that to me? I said, basically, if I express it to you, you might throw it against me. She's like, wait, I said, you get mad at me, you throw it at me. I say, that's, I'm afraid of that, because I've had that happen to me many times. See, I'm glad. And, I'm and glad I said, just... me growing up, I couldn't express myself, because I'm African, and our parents did not let us express ourselves. We say a word, we get beat. And not even that, I'm thinking like the environment. You talking about the neighborhood was kind of hard. If you showed any sort of emotion or anything like that, that would have been bad for your health too. So yeah, like, it was like, like absolutely. So like, uh, and I'm, I'm actually like, have you said that? Cause like, that's like a thing. Like you were talking about communication and like. Cause we don't know how to communicate cause we never get given an opportunity to communicate. Absolutely not. And cause absolutely like, not. growing up in the hood, we always argued or crack jokes against each other, right? Mm-hmm. And when we fist fought, we became friends again the next day. Interesting. And then when our parents, You had a tiptoe. You couldn't say shit. You said something, you, you, it's, it's like you disrespected them. Plus, they were scared all the time, too. Like, they were in a new world. So that shit just, like, gets into your skin of just being afraid of the world in general. So, like, you just, like, I just remember, like, feeling like whether it was, like, talking, being seen, or bringing any attention to me felt like it was bad for my safety or anything like that. They just said, be small. Just go to school, get a good job, and then, you know, do this, this, this. Don't get in anybody's way. Don't be a problem. But then what just happens be small when you get, and be quiet. You, then what happens when you get in the, in the world? Oof. They want, they want the opposite from you. Speak not up. Only that. Speak up. Not only Stand that. for yourself. Not only that. You're so fragile, you don't know what to do. There we go. You got people like, I, I, I was dating a girl one time. She had a... Uh, Fragile's a good word. She had a two-year-old son. She was sheltering him. She was suffocating him. And I was like, stop doing that. Because he's going to be scared when he gets older in the world. He's not going to be able to be who he is. Because from zero to seven, that's the imagination stage. So you're killing his imagination stage. Okay? So me and her dating, I said, hey, man, why you don't eat fruits? Why you don't eat, he don't like them? I said, I bet you he does. You just don't give it to him. She's like, I said, let me get him for a whole day. I cut up fruits. I eat that shit, good. He looked at me like, no, it's not, I said, you're missing out. A lot of good stuff, it tastes good, it's what my, uh, you get the water. I gave him a watermelon, he loved the watermelon. I gave him apple, he loved the apple, I gave him banana. 
gave him strawberry. He said, this is good. I said, let's go, uh, I I said, let's go uh, play miniature golf. He's two. I'm taking him a little putt-putt golf. He's having fun. And I take him to the park, play. He looked at me, I said, go play, I'm here. Just go play. Play with the kids. He came back excited. I said, did you have fun? He was like, yeah. I was like, what did you learn today? I could have fun with anybody I want. What else? Fruits and vegetables are good for you. I said, start feeding them that stuff. Stop sheltering them. Stop suffocating them. Let them breathe. She looked at me like. So I was like, we go to the park next time. We all went to the park. He enjoyed it. He was playing with other kids. I said, listen, since you had some bullshit happening, you have a lot of trauma, you're putting it on your child. I said, take therapy and raise your child accordingly. Not like you're scared, like. Things that happen to you might not happen to your child, but you gotta let your child breathe. A lot of our parents didn't let us breathe, so when we go out in the world, we what? Fragile. Because exactly. that way down, I used to be scared. We used to, I used to, I'm like, I do the report, you just present it. I had stage fright. I couldn't do it in front of many people. I couldn't do it in front of many people. Yeah, me and I'm you like, got to be, and you shared that. I wonder if that's like the older kids, because I read somewhere that like, oh, my fault. I read somewhere that like, the older older kids in families are the first ones, so the parents are super insecure, protective, but then you realize that like, cause it's always that, there's this joke with like bottles, the first baby, when it falls on the floor, you go to the sink, hot water, mm-hmm. wipe it off, everything like it that. Is, it is, it is, Then it's the true. next, then the next kid, when it falls on the ground, you just put it on your shirt and just give it to him. It like, is, it's, it's like, true. so like, man, I wonder if like a dunya, like no, he was he, a younger he, one, no, I wonder if your Johannes, I wonder if your Johannes and all them, like, they're like, you know what, just let them do, they're gonna survive, and they end up being like a little bit like, maybe more yeah, mentally like, tougher my, than me. My brother's kinda timid. But like I told him, I said, I was the streets dude. I ran out there and I, I was the type of dude, I take shit apart and try to fix it, see how to fix it. Cause I was, I was always curious. Cause, cause you know where I got there from? My mother, back in Sudan, I was her last boy. So she had me close, but she let me do it. I was at the cafe helping her. I was at the, uh, on our farm, doing our farm work. I was doing everything and I had my little crew. Cause I had my own crew, I was the leader of my crew. So she enabled me to do things. She like let me breathe and taught me and guided me and showed me things. Then I had my older brothers teaching me. But my older brother's like, bro, we couldn't even control you because you figured how to do everything. Like, you figured how to milk the damn uh, cow yourself and the goat yourself. You didn't even ask. You just seen somebody do it. You did it yourself because you're curious. So then my sperm don't, he tried to take my curiosity away from me. He tried to take my ability of being me away because now you want me to control you because he knew he couldn't control me back in Sudan. Now my mom is here. Now here, he's like, I'm going to control you. It's me. Here, I'm the one here, I'm gonna control everything you do. I'm not that type of person, but a lot of parents don't understand. Each individual kid is different. Cause you might have the timid one that's just naturally timid. You got the outspoken one, the outgoing one. You got the dancer, you got the writer, you got the mathematics skill, the scientist. Every kid is different. You just gotta let your kids be who they are. And a lot of our parents don't let us be who we are. So when we go out in this world, we hate our job, we hate our life, and we don't know what to do because we're still full guilt, resentment towards our parents. We feel like a leaf in the wind. We don't feel like we have contr- like agency or control over our circumstances yeah. and stuff. Cause like, a lot you of know, times a lot we of, really didn't. Cause you know, a lot of them that nowadays, like when they hit their college days and stuff, they were still scared of their parents tiptoeing around, trying to go have fun. They like, hopefully nobody sees me here. So scared. And then you're like, why are you not married? You start observing who you are. You're like, well, I'm not married. I don't know why I'm not married. And then when you take therapy, it tells you why. You be like, damn, this is why I'm not married. Because you don't know how to be who you are. How can you be who you are in that marriage? Uh, this might be this might be like a complete right turn, but I'm kind of curious. What are your thoughts on what are your thoughts on therapy? Because it's not like I, I, I said, man, 
no matter how small the issue is, how big the issue is, take therapy. Because the reason why I say therapy is you got to take therapy the right way. You don't want to take therapy where you just vent. I hate them therapy that just the venters. You just sit there and vent. You want to take therapy that they ask you a question. What do you want to do about this? How do you want to progress to the next stage? How do you want to take care of the issue? So I tell everybody to take therapy. I told Hanok to take therapy. I told my brother to take therapy. I told a lot of people because once you take therapy, because there's no judgment there. Because you know your close, you think your close people are going to judge you. Someone you're paying can't judge you. They want to advise you because they don't know who you are. They're going to tell you this, that, that. You're going to express what you, are, what you think, how you was born, raised, everything that, that caused you to, they're going to ask you, what caused you this? What caused you that? And you start tapping in, tapping in, and you're going to feel refreshed at the end. When you feel refreshed at the end, guess what you're going to do? You're going to have a better you. I've took therapy. And trust me, after I took therapy, I was like, bro. And here's my therapist doing, it's like, you need to start speaking. It's like, when you speak, you would. You just can keep up, you just, she's like, you just express yourself. She's like, that's what you've been missing out. You need to go talk. She's like, you need to go express yourself. She's like, yeah, writing is cool, but verbally doing that. And then when I started verbally doing it, I was like, oh, I felt refreshed. Because you, you hold so much in. And we, we, we're taught to do what? And when you hold everything in, guess what? You about to bust. You about to bust. When you bust, you might do it to the wrong person. Do you want your spouse to be... The person you throw it at it, because you always throw it at the person that's close to you. You got people that throw it at their kids. They come home from work, they, they, they don't know man there or no woman there. They throw, I think that's the reason why he threw it at me all the time. Because he never took the time to recover from his issues. See, come on, you got to be who you are, and it's hard. I think earlier what you said about your own father, like it's, it's kind of really interesting because like I haven't gotten to the point where I could kind of like empathize with him or try to understand what he was going through. I still can't because that shit, like, because he's still like, my thing is like, I think the biggest way that I could punish him for not being around was like, just forget about him. Okay. I, I got I got people that are super close to me who have never heard me talk about that man once ever. Like I literally never talk about that dude. So like, it's it's, 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 it's interesting that like on, on therapy, on the way that you talk about your father, it seems like you've really like gotten to like a, 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 a more healthier spot than like I would assume for like, yeah, like us and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. If you give somebody power to hold you, make you keep your anger in you, guess what? Your whole life is gonna be disrupted. It's gonna be disrupted. Cause it's like I wanna move, right? Before I move, I gotta make peace here with myself, with everybody else. Cause if you leave here without making peace with yourself and the other people, guess what happens? You take it to the next place and you're gonna like, what's wrong with my life? It's cause you never made peace. You gotta forgive. Your daddy ain't here, right? You gotta understand why he's not here. He died, right? Where's his soul? Same time, you have a couple, you have some years with him. You got good memories with him. So you take the good, cause I didn't have my mama. I left, I didn't see my mama after six, right? I got so many good memories. The moment I had that abandonment issues, I got that from my, cause of that mom. I didn't have my mom, so I got abandonment issues. At the same time, I was like, I got good memories of this woman. I got beautiful blessings with this woman. So you take the good, but at the same time, you gotta talk about it. At the same time, you gotta talk to people that know your dad too. Cause you can't always talk to people that say negative shit. The people that say negative shit about your dad are the ones you wanna act out your life. Cause they should never say negative shit about your dad. They should tell you, hey, your dad had issues, but he's a genuine caring person. He was a kind person. He was a helping person. He'll give his last cent to anybody, but he was not there. He really, if he wasn't there, he couldn't be there for you. It's like, it's like your finances goes left, right? You don't have finance. You got a woman. You feel less of a man because you can't take care of your woman. 
that's how his mind was. He was mentally not there, so he couldn't take care. He's like, I'm no good for my kids. Yeah, his presence probably, probably, probably would have been good, but him not being there, not being there mentally, would have destroyed you more. Because you're like, what's wrong with this man? You would look at him wrong. I've seen people like that, like, what's the hell wrong with my dad? Oh, he's mentally not there, or he's a drunk, or he's a crackhead. But I've seen people like, they don't want nothing to do with their dad. But I've seen people like, I don't give a that's my dad. Because I know they know the good part of them. they like, when he's on drug or uh, drunk, this is, he, this is who he is. When he's sober, he's the best man I ever met. You know, some people just mentally not there. So you can't, you can't downplay your dad until you really understand who he is. I've had to understand why mine is like that. And then you think kind of therapy kind of got you to a better place on that? Because like, yeah, earlier you said- we're not, all, we're not all perfect. No. We all got issues because it, okay, it goes like this. His trauma come from his dad, his mom, and then their parents, so his grandparents. So he got their his grandparents, his mom and dad trauma, his, and he brought it on to me. When I got his, my grandparents, my great-grandparents, because nobody took care of that, that trauma. Because it's like, oh shit, if my dad cheats on my mom all the time and has many women, many kids, it's learned behavior. That's why you see people that do that shit, they, they, they have their kids around while they cheating on their woman. So the kid learned how to, so they do it next. My dad was doing it. But you know, it's all that trauma we, was brought on to us. So now we're taking theirs and we got our own, we like drained. So it's our job to fix us before we have our own. So that's, that's um, and not only, not only that, cause like I'm, I'm new to the concept of therapy. of therapy, but like I really did find it useful to finally have like, Cause you know, friends are there for you, family are there for you, your girl's there for you, but like you can only put so much on them. Like some, you know, you got friends that are good listeners, but like at some point, everybody's got their own lives, their own things. At some point, you just put way too much on other people. So it's good to kind of have like an outlet where you could just, without any guilt, this person is actually getting paid. Yeah. There's no guilt. Plus, there's no there might there's not even judgment. And on top of that, that person has all the experience and some academic rigor to maybe bring a little bit more uh, more rigor to the perspective of some of the stuff you're talking about. So not like, only that, they're not really biased. interesting. They're oh, not biased. interesting. Because you your friend's gonna be biased. Interesting. Your family's gonna be biased. That is true. And then it's like, okay. Yeah. Like my family said I was judgmental. And then when my older cousin was like, damn, why everybody say you judgmental? And like, you get the dopest advice and you make us look at it different. I'm like, listen, I'm looking at it coming from the outside. At the same time, putting it myself in your shoe. Like, if this was me, Boom. So when I gave him that, told him what I told him, he was like, man, everybody say you was judgmental. I said, I don't judge nobody. Cause I got issues too. So how can I judge you when I'm not, I'm not perfect? I said, you, shit happens in life and shit you do in life. Like the shit that happens in life is a car accident. That's shit that happens. You have a heart attack, shit happens. And then the doctor tells you what to do. Fix your eating habits. You don't fix it, it's on you now that you have the second heart attack, you know? But shit happens in life and then the rest is on you. You know to not, you know if you go in there raw, you're gonna get a pregnant or you're gonna get a disease. So pick and choose what you're gonna do, wrap it up or don't wrap it up. So, you know, I gave him advice, he was like, damn. So he sat on it, thought about it. A week later, he came with his uh, answer. I said, that's all it is. He was like, man, I thought you were judging us. I don't judge people, I can't. Because I look at it different ways. But like when you go to therapy, nobody's biased there because they can't be biased. They don't know nothing about All they know is your name, your birthday, your social, and that you need somebody for therapy. Yeah. So now what they're trying to figure out is the cause of 
your issues, how to work them out. Boom. So that's 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 something I hadn't I hadn't thought about and like uh do what I do. I'm like do a, what I, do. I'm I went to three therapies, right? I went to three therapies. Uh huh. First, nah. Second, the third one. You kept trying, so like it's kind of like it's kind of like reading a book. Like if you don't if you don't read books for a whole bunch of your life, and then all of a sudden you pick up a book and you can't read, you blame yourself, or you think the whole thing is stupid. It might be the book. You know what I'm saying? It might be the therapist. Don't give up on it. Like try again. Yes. So like as soon as you find that book, then you're like, oh, I can read. Like I just I just never found. It it's might like, just be a bad book, or it might not. Not only that, you might not be intriguing that book. Cause like yeah. I've had a book I read. Cause I figured me, I don't like uh, Harry Potter books. I hate books like that. You know why I don't learn nothing from there? I like life story books. I like self-help books. I like history books. Because it makes me want to think now. See, the Harry Potter book, I try to read it. I say, man, I don't like this. Because I was in high school. Uh, in high school, they made us read uh, uh, Othello and Romeo and Juliet. I hated that shit. I said, can I get a different book? And when I go to my world history class, Boy, I'm all into that shit, bro. I'll be like, man, give me this. I love it because it's one thing. It forces me to try to think and understand why was they like this back in the days. You know, yes, fiction, it's cool, but I really don't be getting into it. So, like, and and that's kind of my number one advice for people whenever, whenever, because, like, it's crazy. Like, I go from not even thinking about therapy to now, like, I'm like... I'm like out here giving people BetterHelp referral links and shit like that. BetterHelp is like the video conference thing or the video uh, the therapy thing. That Coming out of COVID, I feel like a lot of people really fuck with it now. But uh, uh, my number one advice is like, hey, if it doesn't work out the first one, don't give up on it. I really think it's a valuable thing. It is. And uh, it's well, really you got, some people, you got some people that are like, nah, 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 because there's a stigma towards it. Yeah. It doesn't mean nothing bad about you. It just means that you're trying to work on yourself. Yeah. Yeah, praying helps, yeah. meditation helps. But your words being spoken out your mouth, yes, out of sight of your, because you hide it so much, yeah, it really feels refreshing. It's just like I tell people, ain't no wrong with crying. They're like, what? Man, crying is like taking your soul to the laundry mat. Crying is like really trying to take the hurt and pain away for that moment. And and two plus two could really equal three in your head sometimes. Sometimes shit sounds like it adds up in your head, but then all it takes is two questions for you to start getting to the end of your sentence. You're like, actually, that might that actually doesn't sound like it makes sense now that I say it out loud. So like that's the thing about saying they 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 call it the say it out loud test. Say the thing out loud, and uh, and it's super dope. So like while we're while we're on the topic, I mean, this was I already figured this was gonna be like a pretty wide ranging, like interesting conversation, everything like that. We're gonna, uh, we're, we're, hopefully we'll get you back on for sure because I think time, later, next time we can have a group. I think a little bit more of a, right. I wanna get more mics because I feel like it could be really dope I, to I have multiple a, people. I think a group setting would be because you get people's opinions on things, the philosophy on life. You know, some people, I, I think this one might help too because like some people probably need this conversation because they don't wanna go therapy. But this can be an eye opening of seeing who they are in the mirror. Because I always say, look in the mirror. Figure out your your deepest, deepest, deepest flaws and deepest, deepest uh 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 what you call it uh, uh issues. Cause I always look in the mirror and be like, if I own the day, then nobody destruct me. Cause like you know you know people get mad. You know somebody might cut them off or say something. I choose my day. I look in the mirror. And I'm like I ain't perfect, just like nobody else. But I talk to myself in the mirror. I tell myself, hey. You choose how you want your life today. You want to do this, do this. You want to do that, do this. You want to just sit in the house, sit in the house. I talk to myself. I say the mirror is your best friend. I always tell people the mirror is your best friend. Before you judge somebody, look in the mirror and judge yourself. Before you you uh 
go out in the world with a bad attitude, look in the mirror and see, do you need that bad attitude? So it's, 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 it's a little bit of something that like, you know, I remember every once in a while I said, I forget all the time. Some of the best advice you kind of forget when you need it, but like try to control what you can control. You can't do nothing about that person. And if you try to make people feel a certain, you can never make somebody else feel anything, right? You, if you're if you're angry because they wronged you, it's usually because they didn't respect your subjectivity. And trying to communicate that to them is the most you can do. But you're never going to get them to feel the way that you want them to feel. So try to, contr- so try to control what you can control. Understand what it is that you could do to kind of maybe make the life that you want. And, and the best way to do that is to kind of have out loud conversations with people where the guilt and bias is removed. And the person is maybe it has some academic rigor. So, like, there's a lot of arguments for it. And I'm a big advocate for it. Okay, and like this is, I'm about to ask you a question, this is how I wrap up almost every single one, and it's like, you've been, you've been doing this a lot, a lot through anyways, but I'm going to try to ask it. Oh, actually, this is, this is what I'm going to ask. I always end it with two questions. Uh, appreciate your time. Thank you. you. You know, especially coming out from, uh, from driving all over the place. You said you drove all the way to the East Coast. I still can't figure out why you drove. Man, when fun. you said you drove, hey, I thought it was for work. Driving is so peaceful. You <laughs> Instead had, of flying you, over the You ever take a road trip? Uh, yeah, plenty. By yourself, yeah. I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah. How peaceful is it? Uh, I do actually. You know, some of my fondest memories are taking taking a road trip on myself because you get to do what you want, stop whenever you want. And the stars in between cities, well, that shit is well. like a wallpaper on the. You, it doesn't even seem real until you see it. Like this shit looks like it's on my desktop. Nothing. What does it do? It tastes your patient because you be in traffic, and I love it because guess what? It makes me want to try harder in life. Cause like, reason why I grew this hair, I lost my patience. It's for my ancestors, one. And two, I said, if I cut this hair, I don't have no patience. If I let this hair to grow, I'm gaining my patience because I lost it. Because anybody tell you I'm a patient guy, I lost my patience for a moment. Once I grew this hair, the test was how long can I grow to keep my patience? So I've never heard of, I've never had, heard of dreads being connected locks, to patience. Locks, like, locks. Lock, what's the difference between dreads and locks? Okay, dreads. Oh, that's really interesting. Okay, what's the word dread mean? Oh, you dread the day, you dread going to work. So is that like an American pejorative that they yeah, put on when, that stuff? When white folks seen us in Africa with locks, wow. they said we dread those locks. Oh. We dread locks, people, we dread them. So they're locks. So we call them locks. You know what we do? We lock our hair because our hair grows and we lock it. It's it, different styles is for different warriors. I'm, I'm big. I'm, I'm more and more. I'm starting to become a, a little bit. Uh, Your mom's growing locks. The, she is. She is. Uh, it's actually really interesting how like the the language we use is kind of loaded against us in a lot of ways. So that's actually really interesting. I have to look into that for sure. But uh, but uh, I, this is how this is. See, I already know. Like everything I say is gonna open up a new door. We, we start ahead, walking into with the question. But the question I was gonna ask to wrap up this whole thing. Uh, would be like, uh, this is what I ask everybody. Uh, you have one or two choices or you can answer both the questions. Give us, the audience, give me one book that changed either, like, is that is really important to you? Is either really important to you? You can answer that or you could give us one piece of advice that you wish you could have gave yourself 10 years ago. I actually answer both. One of the books that changed my views in life is The Art of War. Reason, reason, reason why, if you, if you look at it, the art of war, it's almost like the Bible. It's almost like the Quran. If you look at it and read it and dissect it and go read the Bible, it gives you the same ideology and how to manipulate your enemy, how to use people, how to do this at the same time. It teaches you about yourself. It teaches you how to self-control. But Auto War is one of the books. I read it when I was in the military. One of my staff sergeants was like, 
Read all the war. I said, what the hell is that? He said, I'll get the book. He bought the book. Loved it. Another book, Hardest Philosophy. The Heart of Philosophy. I like that book. The Heart of Philosophy? Yeah. Oh, interesting. I never heard that before. Yeah. But like, that's the sense I do get from The Art of War. I do get a sense that it is more of like a, like a self-focused, um, self-centered, kind of yeah. like a, uh, I don't know how to put it, but like it's more of a little bit about discipline more than it is about like, because isn't one of the big maxims from that thing is uh, to know the enemy is to know thyself or yeah. something like that? Maybe. Yeah. I'm not sure, but I yeah. could be mis misrepresenting yeah. where that's from, but like, so, so, okay, my fault, my cousin, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. And then the second piece of advice, was, not advice. second piece of advice, but advice the second of. question was, what's one thing that, it, it, like, one thing that you wish you could have told yourself, and it can't be event-related, it can't be, like, buy Bitcoin or something like that. What's just, like, something that you felt like would have been a great piece of advice for yourself 10 years ago? 10 years ago? And then, in a way, like, the audience will be a proxy. Never, never second-guess yourself. Never... Waste your time waiting on somebody else to help you build whatever you want to build. Because I was trying to build a business 10 years ago with my brother and stuff like that. I was waiting on him. Waiting on somebody wastes your time and your building your uh, opportunities that's there. Because like, wasted time, you can never get back. Money, you can always get back. If you take that business, if I took that risk and lost that money, I would have learned more out of it and then revamped my mindset and rewrote my business Plan. I would never wait on nobody or second guess myself again. All right. Well, uh, next time we could talk about other things. We haven't even gotten into a lot of shit going on yeah, back, we, back we, home. Yeah. We haven't even talked about one thing I wanted to talk to you about. I'm gonna shut it down though. Let me shut it down. All right. Appreciate you. And, and yeah. Appreciate you. Yeah. The music and the theme song Groovy was provided by MC Color. And the links to said work will be provided in the description below.